little dinosaurs are landing. So please stay seated. Bamba yetu gule And be sure to visit the affection section to meet some friendly domestic animals face to face. Time travel commencing in T minus 10 seconds and counting. W. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 473, and I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you come to Walt Disney World, or Disney Cruise Line, or Disneyland, but I also want to help bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my live video every Wednesday night, my books, audio tour, the blog, the newsletter, lots more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So because the show is for you, and in this week's case, by you, I'm going to answer more of your listener questions, including fun ideas and ways to visit all of the Walt Disney World resorts in one day, the secret house of magic, hidden gems in the Epcot and Magic Kingdom Resort areas, must-eat quick-service restaurants, why you should stay at a value resort, and more. We're also going to talk about the Disney Cruise Line, including must-do excursions in Alaska, the best time to go on a Disney cruise, and lots more. I'm then going to have a question for you to answer on the show. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package and maybe a bonus prize. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more information about upcoming WDW Radio events and meets of the month, something new that's coming to WDW Radio, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Before we get into this week's show, just a quick reminder to please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live, where I do a live video broadcast and interactive chat with you. We can chat about the week's Disney news. You can ask me anything. I usually play 20 questions and have a contest with prizes. And as of last week, there's a new feature on the show where, just like a traditional radio show, you can call in and be heard on the air Live. You can ask me a question, share a comment, whatever it might be. We had a lot of fun trying it out last week. Again, that's every Wednesday night. But I also do additional shows, oftentimes unannounced from the parks and resorts. This week, I'm on Thursday. I'm going to be someplace special you definitely want to join me for. I'll put a link in the show notes to a quick 30-second video showing you exactly how to turn on notifications on your mobile or desktop device so you don't miss any of the live broadcasts and chats. Also, quickly recapping last week's show, I invite you to please go and check out the brand new LouMangelo.com site. Thanks to my friends over at MSK Digital Media. You can find out about my speaking coaching, a new mastermind group that's forming, as well as my Momentum Workshop Weekend coming this fall to Walt Disney World. I'm going to have an announcement about that date and specifics coming very, very soon. 
You can also find a link to our new t-shirt and logo shop over at www.radio.com slash shirts. There's actually a sale going on right now. Check out our logo contest as we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of WDW Radio. If you visit www.radio.com slash the number 10 years, so www.radio.com slash 10 years, you have until this Wednesday to enter your logo for a chance to win a mystery box prize package. And that's going to kick off our 10th anniversary celebration, which you'll learn more about if you tune in to this Wednesday's live show again at facebook.com slash Radio. So don't forget to turn on your notifications on Facebook, enter the logo contest if you are so inclined, and please join me again this Wednesday for some additional information about our 10th anniversary contest and celebration and opportunity to call into the show and be part of the broadcast. Hope to see you Wednesday. Now, on with the show. Lake Buena Vista, 2017. Amidst the glitz and glitter of an elegant Victorian resort retreat, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort is a star in its own right, a beacon for the mouse fan elite. Now, something's about to happen that's going to change all that, as I invite you to join me and a very special guest around the table as we answer your questions about Walt Disney World vacation planning, Disney Cruise Line, history, trivia, and hopefully food. And uh, by request, uh, we are actually here in the magnificent grand lobby of Disney's Grand Floridian Resorts uh, with the sounds of Victorian-era music in the background and some children, much to her dismay. And the person who requested this location and is sad... And uh, somewhat angry that Miser's Lounge is not open 24 hours a day and or delivers sunken treasures to her location is, of course, Becky Mankin, uh, the the owner, the principal, the president, the, dare I say, overlord of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Wow. Welcome, Princess. Yes, and of course, the reason I had to request this location is because this, this is, the, is only the only place you literally you can fit it in. You are literally sitting in a throne, and I'm going to post this in the show notes Wow. No, this is the place. There's a receiving line of people lined up. only fit me in for only a small amount of time. You wouldn't take me anywhere. I will not go outside. And by the way, the reason we're staying at the Grand Floridian is because I'm here for an agent education program, and they housed us here. Therefore... You you make it sound like you're in army barracks. They housed me (laughs) in the concierge level. And and I have to apologize. I I owe you a serious apology. You owe me a lot of apologies. Because I understand that if if you can listen carefully, the perfectly princess tea party is going on in the background. And and the sound of children, I know, is throwing you off a little bit. But there's there's a far enough buffer in between. And you've got the stanchions up. So... I don't even have words for that. See, this is the danger of actually recording with you in person. Because Isn't it nice to be together again? Well, see, you missed me, didn't you? I almost started singing the Muppet song. 
uh, and you're looking at me quizzically because yeah. Muppets are related to children and oh, therefore I love Muppets and children. Move oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think we should just get right into the emails because... Oh, please do before you get into <clears throat> yes. any more trouble. All right, let's 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 go. Um, because so many of you have been emailing me over the weeks and months, and possibly some of these are hopefully not years old. Um, and we're going to try and go through them as quickly as we can. We should do this more often. I just want to let you know because maybe we can catch up to the in- email inbox. Well, we're actually trying to catch up on the email inbox because, and this is a a good cross-promotional plug, is that um, some of the emails we don't get to actually answering on the WW Radio blog because some of the emails, too, are appropriate for some of the blog writers to answer. So maybe if it's about teens or if it's about going to Walt Disney World pregnant or going with, you know, something. So you can definitely check the blog for some of the answers as well. But I am... am, um, honored and blessed and grateful to be in the presence of your greatness, your eminence. So let's move on because Sarah Burnett says, not only to have a magical day, but she says, hey, Lou. No, Becky. I'm going to be in Orlando for an entire day. She didn't say Becky. For an entire day very soon with a friend, and we are not getting tickets to go to into any Walt Disney World theme parks because we are college students with no money. I was wondering if you have any information on the website or any advice for exploring the different hotels in a day. I'm looking for any cool tips or tricks that you have, as well as where we can find fun history on the different hotels. Also, any advice on food or snacking would be much appreciated. Have a magical day. Sarah, you know exactly the way to my heart is through my stomach. So basically, um, Sarah and her friend, college-age students, want to travel to some of the different resorts. Um, What do you think are some of the the tips that you have for doing it? Maybe some things that they should go and check out while they're here and or eat. There's a ton of things that they can do, especially on a limited budget. Starting out at Disney Springs would be a great way to kind of kick off your day and find some some snacks along the way. Stop at the Sprinkles ATM machine and get a cupcake. Hop one of the buses, get to the resorts, and resort hop. I think that that would just be so much fun, especially when you get to the monorail loop. Then you can come to the Grand Floridian or to the Polynesian. Um, stop along the way in some of their snack locations, which I know you're going to have a complete list of every hotel where they have to stop to get a snack because you do it on a daily basis from what I understand. But you can move in and uh, hop the monorail and go from resort to resort to resort on the loop, and then you can easily get around to different resorts using the buses to check those out too. But each location has a place for you to walk around, enjoy, not spend a lot of money on, where you still get the infusion of the Disney magic from just being like right now. We're sitting in a beautiful lobby, and there's people, and you can see kids having magical experiences. Far, far away. Wow. Over at the tea party, you can just... Soak in the um, the atmosphere in any of the lobbies at any of the hotels, and then walking around them, you get to feel and experience the theming and um, the the beautiful flowers here and the um, the landscaping. It's it would be a great way to spend the day. So that's a very nice idea, but I have an idea that's completely different. All right. And I just thought of it as I was reading through her her. So she's asking. So her and her college age friends want to explore the different hotels in a day, I think that you should make a game out of it. Make it a a fun scavenger hunt and try and see how many hotels you can visit in one day. And maybe the way to do that is 
make a list of all the hotels, figure out where you're going to start, how you're going to get from one to each other. And every hotel that you go to, you either have to take a picture of something, find a hidden Mickey. Better yet, I would encourage you to maybe go and talk to a cast member at every hotel you visit and ask them for a fun fact about that hotel and have them sign it. In your, in your autograph book or in your notebook or whatever it is. So you have a record of all the hotels that you visit. Or if you want to do the Lou Mangello approach, you can do the same thing but substitute cast member signatures for a snack. So grabbing a snack. Now you'll be 800 pounds by the... <laughs> uh, then again, you said you had no money, so maybe that's not a good idea. But what I'm t- telling you is completely free to do. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's an adventure. And I think you'll learn something different about each of the hotels along the way. And uh, you could also go back and listen to some old episodes. We do a lot of DSIs on places like, I think we've done Port Orleans. We've done the Polynesian. I have to do Grand Floridian uh, sometime soon. But I would make a game and a challenge out of, out of it. And your college students, I will bet you guys can hit, let's see, you can easily hit one, two, three, four. I'll bet you could do 15 hotels 20 hotels, no sweat. Oh, easily with the ease of getting around on the transportation. And I think that's a really good idea, asking a cast member in each location, especially if you're looking for that, the history or the little hidden nugget that they might be able to tell you about the resort. Um, that's a great idea. And that just sparked an idea now that I have that we'll have to talk about after I'm going to steal that idea and use it elsewhere. Uh, Matthew Lich, I mean, Matthew Lich says... Again, hey, do I sound like You that? just did it. You just did the... Oh, you just did the Becky voice. I did not do the... Okay. Hey, Lou. Hope this email... Stop hitting me. Hope this email finds you well. I'm a big fan of the podcast and the site and find your knowledge of Disney to be truly remarkable. Thank you. I'm a huge Disney fan myself, and I hope to be a mechanical engineer one day for WDI, that's Walt Disney Measuring to me and you, and we'll be visiting the parks next week. My question is regards to the House of Magic at Disney's Hollywood Studios. My family and I are all magicians and performers, wow. I dig that, and have heard there's a secret password that can get you in. Is this true? Is so, do you know the password so some magic and Disney lovers can get in? Thanks so much. Keep up the great work. Matthew the Magnificent Lish. Uh, I love it. And uh, I love the fact that you and your family are all magicians and performers. Because how many people, and I'm raising my hand, uh, bought the little magic kits when they were, you know, eight years old and thought or wanted to be a magician and... Did you like make rabbits disappear? Did you get a Did you get a pet bunny and play magician? And I, I didn't have a pet bunny, but I did want to be a magician. And I have like little card tricks, and I have like the the stick with the different colored gems on it. And then you like wave your hand over it, and they change colors. I was not a very good magician, <laughs> um, but I know. Listen, I know some people. You know, a good friend of mine, Larson, is a, is a fantastic close up magician, and I am fascinated and incredibly impressed. So, Matthew, I dig it. And what you're referring to is the now extinct House of Magic facade in Disney's Hollywood Studios. So, quick history. The original House of Magic, which was my favorite place, I'm going to cry every time I tell the story, was located on Main Street, USA. Don't laugh at me. cry? Yes. I'll take pictures. Don't worry, guys. I got this. Because um, she has a small, tiny black heart, like a little piece of coal. Every time I came with my family... My dad would let me, like, pick something out uh, as a souvenir when we left, and I would always want to go to the House of Magic. And I remember, as a kid, feeling like I felt kept the poor guy in there forever because I would have them demonstrate things, and I would pick something out, and they had all the masks and stuff on the corner, and I always liked to pick up. And I still have, because somebody sent me one, the little levitating King Tut that... What? 
forget it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the House of Magic closed, but on Hollywood in uh, Streets of America in Hollywood Studios, there was a facade for the House of Magic. Now, there's been going around for a long time a rumor on the interwebs that if you walked up to this House of Magic facade and did the secret knock and knew the secret password or went up to a cast member, they would actually take you inside. And there was actually something behind that facade in this House of Magic. Um, Unfortunately, my understanding, having spoken to people and seen the backside of not just water, but that facade, is that that was an urban legend. Uh, There was nothing behind that facade. There was no secret room. I thought everything was true on the interwebs. I'm so disappointed right now. Um, If they're listening, if I'm wrong and there was something in there that I did not know the secret magician's code to get into, I would love to hear stories about it or or obviously see pictures of it. Um, So, Matthew, I think, unfortunately, the House of Magic is going to have to remain a uh, a memory in our minds and hearts. That would have been cool, though. Think about it. If there was something of that nature, how cool would that be? You mean sort of a secret location that you have to sort of know the password or lock or combination to get into. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Like, at, at another theme park you will talk about, there are places that if you, like, hit the buzzer on the right door, the minions are... I'm Becky Mankin. Let me into Club 33. All right, I'm going to move on to Joe. <laughs> I'm going to move on to Joe Maniachi's question. He is from beautiful downtown that, Detroit, whole, Michigan. Can you explain again the amount of love you give directly proportionate to the amount of grief I give you. you. Hey Lou, I'm a former college program cast member who loves listening to the show. Your knowledge of hidden gems around property is amazing. So here's my question. My wife and I have a one-year-old daughter who will be taken to Walt Disney World for the first time this fall. I don't know much about the WWE Meets of the Month or history or biology. That's a reference to an old song, Ducky. But do you know about any upcoming dates as yet? How large are the meetups? And where are they typically held? Bonus depends, question. It depends on how many stanchions we can get for the Stop line it. to meet you. As a college program cast member back in 2006, my time was not spent partying at Vista Way. But instead, okay. spending every possible minute exploring the little corners of WDW property. Some of my best memories were finding quiet places to myself and soaking up the atmosphere. I know from listening to the show that your favorite quiet place in Epcot is the outside dining area near Katsura Grill, but I'm curious as to what other places you found that you consider, quote-unquote, hidden gems in the Magic Kingdom, around the Bonnaroo Resort area, and the Epcot Resort area. Thank you. God bless. Joe Maniachi from Detroit, Michigan. All right, so first things first. You're going to give away your hidden gems. Not yet, but I'm going to go to the meats of the month. So... The meets of the month are held every month in Walt Disney World, sometimes on the road. They are usually in the parks. Sometimes I try and do them outside the parks in case you don't have um, admission tickets. But it's just it's a way for us as a family and a community to get together, whether you have come before uh, or have never been before, whether you come alone or you want to bring the entire tribe. Becky, children are allowed at meets of the month, just so you know. Um, and they're actually encouraged because it's not... And I do them not so that you can come and meet me. It's a way for me to be able to meet you, to look you in the eyes, to shake your hand, to give you that hug, to hear your story, and to say thank you for listening and for the friendship and the love and the support and for allowing me to do what I do. 
The best place to find out about when and where they're going to be is on the Facebook page. If you go to facebook.com slash Radio, you'll see upcoming uh, meetups as well as other events like our Double Dip Cruise coming up this summer, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. Um, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. And how large they are, they range anywhere from sometimes they're small, we might get 20 or so people to marathon weekend, you know, we might get 150 <laughs> or so. But um, they're, I will tell you this. There are always going to be two things that are consistent. They are, uh, well, there's multiple, more than two things. They are fun, they are free, they are open to everyone, and they're usually around food and restrooms. And sometimes it's the last minute till you find out about them. I mean, because it can be just a couple of weeks before you announce them. Hopefully we'll get better about announcing the dates. A well, because my, my schedule is so dynamic, and I try and find something that's like, uh, you know, as... Uh, um, as uh, appro- you know, yeah. as accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah, and what's really great about it, though, is meeting people in person and seeing their face and putting faces to the names and putting faces to the people in- on the Wednesday shows in the chat box. It's really fun to meet people face-to-face. So it's a great opportunity. And so we also want to know about some of my... Now- <laughs> Joe, you're asking me to give away like my secret spots, and which means they won't be secret anymore. You've but I will. Done that in Epcot with with uh, Katsura yeah. Grill, yeah. and and still that is still if if I go missing, you might want to check there first because I'm probably outside sitting in the shadow of the bamboo trees want, near the waterfall. The, I want the bamboo thing that has the waterfall like out of um, Kill Bill Volume One. <laughs> That's what I think about every time I'm back there. Just saying. <laughs> Interesting that that's the movie you reference. <laughs> anyway, all right, so Katsura Grill in Epcot is certainly one. Uh, you wanted some here at Magic Kingdom and the Monorail Loop, and I'm, I'm going to, and I, Becky, I told you this one because we were looking for a place to record. One of my other favorite ones is actually right here at the Grand Floridian. There's actually not one, but two. Ooh, okay. And they're very close to each other. So we are sitting in the main Grand Lobby uh, by the birdcage elevator. If you take this, as Becky would, or if I would take the stairs up to the second level, right at the top of the stairs, there are three or four couches right there. Usually, there is nobody up there. Um, Usually, you are going either to one of the shops. Becky is usually on her way to Meisner's Lounge. But there are very, very comfortable couches there. There's some tables if you want to do work there. But if it's a nice day, or more importantly, a nice evening, you go right out the doors there, and there are about two or three tables covered that overlook um, uh, Bay, uh, the Seven Seas Lagoon, and it overlooks the the pool and the water play area, and I have actually done live shows out there before, and there's a very, very nice, usually very quiet place to get away. Uh, usually there's nobody out there. Fun fact, that same patio can be reserved for a private dinner, like if you wanted to do a romantic dinner. Um, they'll have the butlers from VNA. I need to assure no, that serious. no one is there. I want no, my dinner. You no. just like saying the word butler. You just that like having a butler. Cool. That is kind of cool. However, it, it's a great idea because we get a lot of people ask us all the time, how do I propose? What's a special thing that I can do to propose? And you just reminded me of that because that is one of the places that I've had a client. We booked it. They just come, came over here to just check out the resort. He led her up to the second level. They went on the patio and they had a beautiful table set up for just the two of them and a big box sitting there underneath the um, on the plate underneath the dish thing where they lifted off so the butler came over and lifted it off and he got on his knees and proposed to her 
I'm merely a humble butler, sir. <laughs> what exactly do you do? I buttle, sir. What movie? I play trains and automobiles. I, I, you don't know? I don't know. First email I get that tells me the butler quote will win a prize. I will send you a prize package. A coaster? Well, better than a coaster. <laughs> Be- Becky will be your butler for the day. Oh, wow. There you go. Oh, you would be so cute as a butler. <gasps> so do you have... All right, let's go. Yeah. Other, all right, very quickly. Uh-huh. Other hidden gems in Magic Kingdom around the Monroe Resort. So that is one of my favorite locations here. Um, over at... The, there's actually a lot of places at the Polynesian. Um, especially one of the places I love going is right outside of Captain Cook's. Yeah. Um, you don't even need to be on the Trader Sam side. Right outside of Captain Cook's. Again, with the waterfall and the sounds of... Um, the, the pool area and the children's playing in the background and the boats off in the distance I like a lot. In the Magic Kingdom, some of my favorite locations, like the, near the exit of Peter Pan's flight, there used to be a really nice spot in the shade with air conditioning yeah. outside there. Um, do you have any sort of secret? In, I mean, I know yours are usually, there's a secret code where that gets you in, but... Wow. Not, no, not really. There are a couple places in Magic Kingdom I like to go to chill in, in a way, and just kind of watch the crowds and watch the people. But they may not be what you're thinking. Um, believe it or not, sitting on the people mover. Just getting up on the people mover and having the little spot to yourself and going slowly around the area and watching the people below you and watching all of the, um, going through the attractions. It's just an, That, for me, is one of those places that I kind of go to relax and, and chill out. But another place that I kind of hide, Tom Sawyer Island. I really kind of like... Even with all the children? I, would you stop it on the children thing? You know how much I love children. I've been planning your daughter's I think they're delicious. birthday party oh, I think for like eight years now. So, <laughs> just saying. Um, I also like to go up to the train station and hide out up there. And again, just people watch or find a bench. There's a lot of benches in different places that you can just sit, enjoy, people watch, soak in the, the music and the atmosphere. Um... That's kind of my my favorites. So, <clears throat> when you said Tom Sawyer Island, the, the the place that I go and I and I work there a lot sometimes is uh, Aunt Polly's Dockside Inn, and that sort of covered rotunda. You can see the haunted mansion. Yep. You can uh, watch the riverboat go by. You can watch the people go. You can watch the parade as the parade passes by. What's that from? Um, Jeez, no <laughs> Um, I, I dated a lot. Also, did not. Uh, clearly, <laughs> did not I did not watching, date. I, I was not watching movies. Over at the Contemporary, <clears throat> you heard from our recent review, <clears throat> excuse me, Contemple Cafe, or even over the really big comfy chairs over at Outer Rim Lounge. You don't have to order a drink well, or anything. I did. That's a perfect it's, You're like a dog. <laughs> it's like you're. It's like I hit on your word. So, yeah. <clears throat> and if you, the listener, have one of those secret locations that you like to go just just sort of uh, get away and quiet to be relaxed and soak up the atmosphere. Yeah, and if you look at Epcot, my favorite thing to do there, and it always has been after Illuminations Get Out, walking the opposite way around the lagoon so you can, as people walk out the other direction, you've got the quiet and the music and the lights. And what are you laughing at? Laughing at you me. are so laughing at me. But you know what? I think we have to, to do, though. We have to find the quiet little place where you can get that drink that's like 24 there ounces. Go. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> so my friend Michael Steinmetz says, Hey, Lou. And of course, Becky. Oh, thank you. Finally. Back on show 364, you and Tim did your top 10 quick service restaurants. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a great episode, but I know that restaurants and menus are constantly changing in Walt Disney World. So my question is, are there any new must-eat 
quick service restaurants. I know that Disney Springs is getting tons of new restaurants. I love it there, by the way. <clears throat> and my wife and I want to eat well on our upcoming trip. So thanks for all that you do. Hopefully you didn't come back to New Orleans. We missed you when we were here last. I missed you as well, and I do miss me some New Orleans. Thank you, Michael Steinmeier. So he's looking for some of the new must-eat quick service restaurants. So I know this is somewhat outside of your comfort zone because you don't stand at counters and you like your food to be brought to you. That being said, Becky Mankin, um, one of the places, so you mentioned Disney Springs, Mm -hmm. Morimoto Asia Street Food. It's quick service. Walk up. You can sit right outside. Again, you're looking over the springs. I love, love, love Disney Springs. And there is an upcoming show about the springs, especially now that it is, for the most part, completely open. I think Morimoto Asia is great there. I think the Daily Poutine is really nice there, too. There is a, there's actually a quick service walk-up to Frontera Cucina as well. And there's lots of little places to sit throughout. There is the food trucks over by the little food truck park there as well. Um, Let's see, any new must-eat quick service restaurants? So let me sort of think quickly in... um, Where you're thinking on that, again, I'm going to go right back to the cupcakes too because you got sprinkles right there. You can get a cupcake and sit right next to the springs. And that area where where the cupcake is, or sprinkles is, it's right there on the water where that... It's just a gorgeous atmosphere down at Disney Springs. And I, I would love to just go, and I've never said this before about that location, just go and spend, you could spend an entire day just relaxing, eating, shopping in Disney Springs. I think it is one of the best places now, and you've got to include a day on your itinerary to explore it. All right, so you, this was show 364, so you're asking for r- relatively new ones. Um, I don't remember what episode we did it, but if you don't mind, and I think that you should travel to some of the resorts. I think I really like, we said before, Captain Cook's. I love Landscape of Flavors over at uh, Art of Animation. Um, Let's see, new, I'm trying to think newer quick services that maybe you haven't been to. I will bet Michael Steinmetz has probably never been to the Pepper Market. Have you ever been? No? Mm-mm. You don't even know what I'm talking about. It's a moderate resort. I'll, I'll explain to you what those are uh, when we're done. So um, I'm, I am totally focused on things that aren't... I'm thinking... I know he asked for new, but some of my favorite places aren't that new. Right. And I keep gravitating back to them because once you've had the roast beef mac and cheese, you can't not have it. Pot roast mac and, and pot, cheese? Yeah. And the teriyaki bowls at Yak and Yeti. Yum. I mean, th- these places, it, it's, it's almost like uh, the Cozy Cone in Disneyland. Once you've had it, you crave it when you get there, and you it's hard to go and find something Good Gandhi, else. that's a good time right there <laughs> at the Cozy Cone Cafe. <laughs> oh, no, my gosh, we did. Um, uh, Flo's now has a new menu that you're going you're gonna to love. I can't so, stop it. I'm yeah. excited. All right. Uh, <laughs> next, Thesis. Oh, no. That's what it says. Thesis. Thesis. When it starts out like If that. you have only one day to visit Walt no. Disney World, which park would you visit and why? Favorite child. Backstory. Hey, Lou. <clears throat> I am Rob Melton from Southern California. I'm fairly new to the community and love the podcast. Thank you and thank you. I was referred to the show from our mutual friend Frank Cassano, a.k.a. Frank from Texas, who I is now Frank. Frank from Europe. Shout out to Frank, Ashley, Scotland. and Frankie. from Whatever. It's Europe-ish. My wife is graduating this year with her bachelor's degree, so as a graduation gift, I'm taking the family on the WW Radio podcast Disney Dream Cruise in June. The crowd goes wild. 
after checking out the timing of the cruise and our current schedules, I think there might be uh, the ability to squeeze one day in at Walt Disney World immediately after the cruise. I want to know which park would you recommend to visit for someone who has never been to Walt Disney World before and why? I assume that your answer is going to be Magic Kingdom, but here's a curveball. We live in SoCal. <laughs> Disneyland DCA are literally in our backyards. Does this information change your outlook as well? Thanks for all the great information. I look forward to the response. P.S. Looking forward to meeting you next June, if not sooner. I do as well. Rob, I think this is a great question. If you have only one day, which do you visit and why? Understanding that you visit Disneyland relatively often. You assume that my answer would be Magic Kingdom, but I'm going to give you the recovering attorney answer. My answer is Magic Kingdom. Because because I think it's important, as somebody who's been before, Mm -hmm. to compare and contrast the differences. That being said, I also think you should go to Epcot. So I think you should extend one more day because Epcot is completely different than anything else that you have there. I would not go to Disney's Animal Kingdom because, as Becky would tell you from reading online, it's 18,000 degrees in the summertime, which is why Becky wouldn't go there. So I would tell you Magic Kingdom, Epcot, not necessarily the studios because it is currently in a state of flux, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, then Animal Kingdom, then Hollywood Studios. And or spend an extra day and do Magic Kingdom. And I think you almost need to do an extra day. Well, yeah. You, the, the best part or the best idea would be to extend by a day or two or three and do them all. But that, if that is not possible, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on the Magic Kingdom. Because if they do, he made it a point to tell us he is in the backyard of Disneyland. So... Yeah, you do want to compare and contrast, but if you only have one day and you want to experience something you've never seen before, a different side of Disney, I'm thinking Epcot, really. I mean, if it's just the two of them and two adults especially, then you have a lot of um, of doors opening up to you to attractions and things that Disney provides in the Disney magic that isn't the Magic Kingdom that they've come to know and love at Disneyland. So that or, and I almost would say... If you have one day, try to do two parks. I know. But if you do Animal Kingdom as well, with all the new stuff that's, that's happening at, Mad, at uh, Animal Kingdom, assuming that this summer, by that time, a lot of the new stuff is going to be open, I think I would say Animal Kingdom. I'm going to turn it around. Okay. If I have Walt Disney World in my back pocket and I go all the time and I'm going out to Disneyland for the first time, I can only visit one park to go to Disneyland or California Adventure. Oh, well, I guess it depends on when it would be. <laughs> there you go. See, because I think you have to visit Disneyland. Yeah, see, yeah you, you do, but that's different. Um, I, I really... The Cozy Cone, as big of a draw as it is, is not enough. No, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna to say, if you have one day in Disneyland, you can actually do Disneyland. The question and... was, Counselor, you can only do one park. But... Counselor, at the very beginning, you said that you would say extend a day. So I'm just saying. My question to you is different than your question to me. I'm telling you only have one day and one park. All right. Hey, Lou and Becky, it was an honor and pleasure meeting one of you. No, I'm sorry, the two of you while at work at the happiest place on earth. Was us working or him working? He was working, we were playing, uh, working. Sorry, I interrupted your corn dog dinner which obviously meant it was on a garbage pail. I know exactly who this is, but I couldn't let a chance to meet you go untaken. Completely made my night. Anyway, I've been wondering, what are some of the... Becky, you can just sit back for this one. What are some of the best benefits of a value resort? I'm planning for a trip later this year, or maybe early next year, 
And I'm curious about the quality of food, the entertainment, the transportation, etc. of the values. I want to get a great resort experience for my first ever trip to the world, and I'm wondering if you can find that in the values. Thank you for your help and for your wonderful podcast, your friend, Jake Schachtel. So, Jake, uh, first of all, thank you for what you do as an exceptional cast member over at Disneyland. I remember meeting you at the end of Main Street as I was inhaling my corn dog. So, he, he's, his question was, he's wondering if he can get a great resort experience for his first ever trip to the world at a value resort. I can actually make an argument that in order to have the best possible vacation experience for the first time out here, I would almost recommend that you go to a value resort. So I would tell you, if it was me, I would go to Art of Animation Resort, which to me is sort of value plus because of the amazing theming, the landscape of flavors. We've done a live review back on show for something. The food there is excellent. excellent. There's a wide variety of options. There are the, the the pool is huge. There's music underwater, Becky. Um, I think you could have a, a wonderful resort experience there, just wandering the resort. Uh, obviously, all the transportation is included. So I would tell you, the ability to the money that you would save by staying at the value, you can put towards other things, i.e., food and souvenirs and food while you're here. So I would save the money, get a great resort immersive Disney experience at Art of Animation and then spend the money elsewhere. And I would agree. I would tell you that completely the opposite. Wow. You need to stay concierge level through MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Okay, let's let's dispel a, a little... Just the voice. No, let's do a... Oh, no, what, what would, okay, seriously, what would you really tell them to do? I'm going to first say, I'm going to dispel a rumor. I have stayed at every single resort on property except for Shades of Green because I'm not military. Otherwise, I would try that as well. And it's interesting because the, there are different flavors of resorts, just like there are different flavors of ice cream. Mmm, flavors. No, all the ice cream is good. Ice cream across the board is good. But different flavors appeal to different people. So the value resorts, uh, like you said, if you aren't planning on spending a lot of time in your room, you're going to be out in the parks, you're going to be enjoying the pool, you're going to be um, spending the most majority of your time outside of your room, Absolutely. A value resort is a great value. Again, because you're saving the money and you're able to uh, put that money in other places that are going to be different for the experiences. Other people prefer to have the conveniences. So when you get into the moderate and the deluxe resorts, it's not that the deluxe or moderates are better than anything else. It's just for some people, the conveniences are worth the additional money. For example, when you're staying on the monorail resort, if you have children that need to nap, and you're in the Magic Kingdom, it's so much more convenient just to hop on the monorail, get back to the resort, let the child nap, get back out into the parks, rather than spending maybe an hour to an hour and a half trying to get back to the resort on the, mo- on, uh, the bus system. So, again, it just comes down to convenience and what type of value you want to put on those conveniences as to what budget you're going to spend. Having said all of that, for him... And he's by himself, and he's going to spend the majority of his time in the theme parks and running around. I totally agree with you. I think that uh, the value resorts on a budget, and you're not going to spend the time there, and you don't need the benefits or the um, added features that are the conveniences of the other resorts. It's a great idea. 
I mean, for you, it's a great idea. For me, again, it'll never happen again. For my right. flavor of ice cream, is your <laughs> flavor of ice cream, but it's all ice cream. <laughs> Becky, not everybody can get a kitchen sink all the time. Sometimes people can just, they just want one scoop. All right. Exactly. Derek Spears says, so my parents love their grandchildren so much. You're going to love, love How much do they? They love them so much, they decided to take us on a Disney Alaska cruise. Those are some sweet grandparents right there. Having never been on a Disney cruise, we have questions. What is the one must-do activity on board and excursion, both with young ones, four years and one years, and adult activity? Becky's like, that's in your wheelhouse. (laughs) Hoping the wife and I can sneak off at least once. May the magic be with you, Derek Spears. So, Derek, I'm going to tell you that uh, I promise you that this experience will be unlike anything in any future cruise you ever take. Um, Becky and I were actually just talking about the Alaska cruise we're looking to take again in 2018 because we loved it so much. I ask my kids what their favorite vacation ever was. They say Alaska. The place they want to go back to, the cruise they want to take again is Alaska. So I'm going to answer your question, but I'm also going to direct you to show number 397, we talk about basically everything you need to know about cruising to Alaska on the Disney Cruise Line. That being said, you asked a number of different questions here. The one must-do activity on board, the one must-do excursion with young ones and adult. So I'm going to try and go through this quickly because we can make and have made an entire show out of it. The one must-do excursion is Mendenhall Glacier. Mendenhall Glacier and Mendenhall Glacier. There is nothing more majestic and beautiful. Uh, it literally, it moved me to tears to, to, to be in the shadow of something that was so beautiful. And it's something that you can do together as a family. And even though your kids are young, uh, you know, especially the one-year-old, but your four-year-old will, will see it and understand it and appreciate it and enjoy being actually on the glacier. Uh, if you're looking to sneak off with your wife at least once, um, Obviously, I'm going to tell you that, that Apollo dinner um, is, the, is the way to do it. Um, you know, unlike Becky, who does it every night, you should at least do it just one night. Because as a parent who, for the first time, as a parent who is admittedly protective of his children, the first people that ever watched my kids alone was Disney Cruise Line. It wasn't even like my mom and dad, like, I, because I trust them enough. So you can put them in the kids' clubs. And spend a couple hours and have some uh, adult time on your own and enjoy a nice quiet meal without lots of sippy cups and and bibs. Unless that's how you roll. Unless you guys want to wear sippy cups and bibs, that's fine. What? (laughs) Like, come right right back to me on sippy cups and bibs. Um, You know, I was just thinking about that. And Mendenhall Glacier is, especially for the ages of the kids, there are other excursions that I could recommend for a different family uh, of different age children. However, I think you're onto something with Mendenhall Glacier because you do get to see um, the natural beauty in all its splendor for, and not have to go on a helicopter to do it. You can see a glacier. There's a lot of walking trails. And one of the things that we did on ours is we did the Mendenhall Glacier and then whale watching package, which for some people is a great combination because you get both in one day. Um, however, what we missed was all of those walking trails and there's an area and they're they're very well protected they are um uh lifted up on on paths 
that you can actually look down sometimes in the right seasons and there's bear and cubs walking around too and the rangers are there to make sure that everybody's safe and that the bears don't uh, interact with um with the people but that one excursion right there has almost everything in that alaska has to offer in one little package between the natural area and when you have children that are one and four you don't want to tire them out so that actually is a, a good option so I'm, I'm with you on that um the the getaway thing yeah get the kids into the club or uh get the uh, the babysitter service there and um apollo night or yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with apollo night yeah, yeah. Uh, but but then again you also have the brunch in the morning too so if you if you i, I think there's something you know i think there's something i'm sure you probably not have not had many date nights or but I remember the first time we put our kids in the club mm-hmm. and my wife and I, we walked away from the club and, and we're like, well, now what do we do? Like, we're just <laughs> not used to having no kids with us. It really can be a, a bit of a romantic date night. You can go, especially in Alaska, Becky, you're going to want to spend time maybe after your dinner, not just walking off all the food that you ate, but taking advantage of being able to walk outside on deck and, and look at the beauty of Alaska, which, unlike the Caribbean cruises, is so close to you, depending on what night you go. It's so beautiful. The other thing that I would say is for the day that they plan to go to the glacier, and when I say plan to go to the glacier, sometimes fog, other things do prohibit the ship from traveling up the fjord and to see the glacier. It's rare, but it does happen. But have a plan for that day. If you have a balcony... Take advantage of that because upstairs on the top decks, it's usually packed with people. If you have a balcony, you can have breakfast brought in and you can enjoy that depending on what time or lunch, um, depending on what time you're, they start going and heading up the fjord, which is usually about an hour and a half to two hours from the moment that you enter the channel. But really plan out that day, almost like you would in the park. Know where you want to be, know when you're going to eat. They're going to give you uh, a time schedule of how they... Uh, when they plan to be up at the glacier itself, which usually spend about 45 minutes or so as the ship totally spins around. So everybody gets a great view of the glacier. But that is my favorite day of any day that we spend on an Alaska cruise. And if I, if it just was two days at sea and you go up to, to see two glaciers, I would be a happy girl. You lost me for a minute because I was daydreaming. Imagine like getting up putting on your stretchy pants and sitting out on the veranda and having your breakfast and, and watching the glacier go, that's a nice day right there. So so just to, again, go back to show number 397, everything you needed to know about cruising to Alaska. And also, I forgot, we also did show 408, which we, we recorded live on the Alaska cruise on the Disney Wonder back in 2015. Yeah. I want to go back in. <laughs> again, they can join us in 2018. Right. Details forthcoming. Hopefully soon. Next email says, dude. 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 <laughs> dude. Uh, we're coming down at the end of February. It's a delayed honeymoon for my wife and I. We got married in June. Didn't want to come down in the heat of the summer. You sing it, brother. But we'll be looking for a place to go dancing, and I'm hoping you can give us a lead. I'm guessing someplace in Disney Springs. Man, I listen to you all the time, and I'm currently binge listening from episode one. Wow, man. Don't listen to episode one. It's six minutes of torture. Thank you for the good memories you bring back and all the tips on what to do when we're down here. In February, we're going to be down with my son and his family with five grandkids. Dude, take care. (laughs) Dave Levin Sr. So Dave Levin is saying, 
he wants to go dancing. And you know what the first thing I think of? They put a parking lot on a piece of land where the supermarket used to stand. Nothing. Before that, they put up a bowling alley on the site where they used to be the local pally. Come dancing, the kinks. Come on. Anyway, so if you want to go dancing in Walt Disney World, I'm going to give you a pally. There are, uh, I'm going to give you not one, but two locations. And the first one is, is somewhat obvious. I'm thinking of, uh-huh. Someone's probably, the first one's probably obvious. Um, the second, maybe not so much. Okay. So the obvious one is the Atlantic Dance Hall, which, Becky, there, there is, it's free admission, there's, lot, there's music every night, and it usually is unfortunately empty. And it's a, I say it's unfortunately empty because it's such a beautiful venue. We've done special events there, and unless it's a really crowded time of year or sometimes it's... It, it's somewhat underutilized. I think it's a hidden. I think people see it there and don't realize that it's actually a venue that you can go and listen to music. And there's obviously mm-hmm. the full bars, and the, you go up on the second deck and you sit outside. You look over Crescent Lake. It's beautiful. Why haven't we been there? I have been there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm the only guy wearing Cavaricis though. I, are, there, are those still not? Am it's I? Member am I? My, no, I never had a members only jacket. But I had many. I had many. Oh, many a hyper color T shirt. I had. I had a Michael Jackson jacket. I wow. still and it had. I'm say plural uh, past tense. It's actually anyway. <laughs> and the other now. location, and this is this goes back to the hidden gem. Shh, come closer, Dave. Rick's Lounge at Coronado Springs Resort. I am going to do a show at and from and about it. It is the hidden treasure of Walt Disney oh, yeah. World. Because they have a uh, they have a birthday cake. Stop martini. it! It's amazing. The pineapple upside down cake. Sh- anyway, that was a long time ago, but it is a hidden gem. Um, the only time I've ever seen it, quote unquote, crowded is when there's a convention in town. But they have food. They have a private area, but they have great music in there for dancing. And it's not it's not a cavernous um, venue. It, it's relatively small and intimate. There's comfy couches in the back. Uh, that's where, like, you know, 1986 Lou Mangello comes out. And... I have not, well, I have seen that. You don't and, want to see that. Nobody's really seen it that. recorded, so eventually that might uh, make its way to the internet. Um, the other one, too, maybe for the February deal, because it's family-friendly, and then he says he's got the, the grandkids, um, they do dance parties in Disney Springs as well. Uh, DJ comes in, and they do a dance party out there that's family-friendly. And uh, I was there. Uh, DJ Elliot was spinning the night that I was there. Uh, and the kids were having a great time, and everyone is dancing and running around. And then we got to see the drone show right above it. So um, that's another opportunity. Obviously, Tomorrowland, the dance party in Tomorrowland with the characters. Um, I know you hear that music go on. You run for the hills. But it is fun, and the Incredibles characters are, are out there as well. But I sort of... I I read it, and Dave, forgive me, I read it as you want to sort of, you know, put on your Sunday clothes, there's lots of world out there, and hit the uh, and and hit the planks like Mannequin's Dance Palace. Oh, wow. That brings up an old memory, doesn't it? <laughs> or many. Uh, it, it is kind of interesting, though, when, when you're talking about Atlantic Dance, because you don't really think about it. And it is a great venue, and it is there, and it's it's always empty. And I think a lot of people do assume that there's cover charges that are involved, so maybe they might you know, walk around that. It's not really highlighted in a, a lot of places, so it, it is a hidden gem, and I'm right there with you, and I think maybe we should do a dance party there one night. Listen, you yeah. know about the event that I have been talking about for years yes. that we're going to we're gonna make that happen this year. This year? Or maybe next year. <laughs> but we're going to plan it this year. Okay. All right? All right I'm going to hold you so, to it. I will right. hold you to it. 
start. Let's start. You look at the calendar when we're done here, and we're going to, today or tomorrow or the next week, the next month, we're going to choose a date for that, and we're going to make that happen. And if you've listened to the show before in a live broadcast, you probably know what I'm hinting at. All right, let's, let's quickly, let's lightning round through a couple other questions. we got to get all right. Hey, Lou, my husband and I are new listeners, but already huge fans. We have a trip to Walt Disney World coming up to celebrate our four-year anniversary. Becky's freaking out. Wow. And your show is helping us make it as we count down the days until we get to go home. Smiley face emoji. We have recently been talking about going on a Disney cruise and our first cruise ever. We've listened to some of the podcasts regarding the Disney Cruise Line. There's lots of them. And we're wondering... We're going to do this quickly, Becky. Oh what is the best time of year to go on a cruise? Thank you so much for bringing some Disney magic to our home. You know what a big fan of the cruise you are. You have to pick one, Becky. One best time of year and why to go on a cruise. Okay. Go. But see, I need no, something. No, 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 no. I know. I need, I need some clarification because when you say best time of year, are you talking about best price? Are you talking about best weather? What are you talking about in terms and of And I best? think you need to interpret that as it's husband and I, so uh-huh. it's, it's just the two of them. They want to know the best time. So you need to factor all, right. all of those things in when you give your answer. I'm stalling because you're staring into space. Oh, yeah, because I'm trying to factor that all. If you don't have to worry about kids and the school calendar and you're looking for the best, uh, the mixture of the best price and the best uh, cruise opportunity, you're probably looking at fall. Um, October is really good. You do have, quote-unquote, hurricane season between September and November, but a ship is a perfect place to be during a hurricane because they will go somewhere else. If you're not completely dedicated and married to having to go to one of these ports, just know that during that time period that the prices are much lower, but you may not go to one of the ports on the itinerary because there might be a storm and they have to keep everybody safe so they head around it. So September, October, early November before the uh, the holiday, beautiful time to go when uh, crowds are a little bit lower, therefore the demand is lower, so there the prices are lower as well. And I would say always, 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 and I'm going to be pushing this more and more because we are seeing it more and more, know what you want to book when they open it up. Like right now, we're starting to look at the later part of 2018, book it as soon as things open because you're going to get the best possible rate because the rates increase as the ships fill. And in some cases, some of those really hot itineraries like Alaska or Europe, those can almost double in price after even just a few weeks of being open. So you really want to be on it, know what you want. However, the thing to keep in mind too is that let's say for a moment that you are booking now for 2018 or later part of 2018 and things change in your life and you need to move the date, but you think you may want to go, but you're not sure book it. Book it, and if you need to, move the date. That's okay, too, but lock in that rate when it first comes out. So that's a long a, a tip, but again, I want to really push that. The, the earlier you book, the better the prices, and the prices on Disney Cruise Line are only going up. So I'm going to try and answer that same question in a somewhat different way, because I think that there are so, especially now, Becky, there's so many factors to consider when you're sort of making your grid about choosing the best time. Mm-hmm. There is price. There's obviously destination. Yeah. There's departure port. What ship do you want to take? See, I was 
some people some people may want to be on the newer ship some people may want to be on the reimagined magic I think something else to consider too beyond the weather and I agree with you I would go September October or I would go spring again you're not in the heat of the summer and the expense the the, the cost of going in the summer Uh, I think something else that Disney has done relatively recently which is maybe I don't know if I would do it on my first cruise but something else to consider too are the themed cruises. Star Wars Cruise. Mar- Look in my eyes. Hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Marvel Cruise out of Miami. <laughs> Yahtzee. Um, uh, there's also the, the Halloween Cruise. You know, the Chris- going during Christmas time, which we just did, it, it afforded you a very different type of experience. Right. I was going to say, let me clarify that, though. When you said Christmas time, don't go Christmas itself because that's going to be a higher yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. But they do start their maritime cruises around the 1st of November. So we hit the very first one and we sailed on November 4th. The sing in the background sounds like you when you get excited, hitting those really, uh, really, really high notes. All right, let's do one more. So I think everybody has a different, there's, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, really it, it really is what is going to work best for you, best for you, timing, destination, location. I think you have to sort of get those big factors in. When can we go? Mm-hmm. You know, what, is, what are the, the costs? Where do you want to go? And for me, sometimes the destination, unless it's Alaska, doesn't necessarily matter. Or Europe. Europe will, will factor in huge as well, Alaska and Europe, on the itinerary. So the other thing, too, is think about uh, when you're thinking about sailing to the Caribbean, it's not always out of Port Canaveral. There's also um, ships that are sailing out of Galveston, Texas, and out of Miami, Florida as well. And those may not be as full or as popular uh, from those destinations. So those might be... Or New York. Or New York as well, true. A so, marvelous cruise from New York. Wow, yes. <laughs> now you got me speechless. Yes, exactly. Um, and one of the things, too, with you said on the, um, on the specially themed cruises, when they haven't quite announced those yet, the prices are really low. They announce them, and then they, they hit a, a, a quick bump up because people go in and book them very quickly. So, again, the moment that you hear about one of those cruises and you want to go, book it as soon as you can. And, of course, you can book it with our friends and get a free no-obligation quote. From, and I think, and, and this, and this is, and I'm not to sound like a plug, but it is because if you, it's like going to Walt Disney World, it can be an overwhelming experience mm-hmm. trying to figure out when should I go, the whole booking process, what level of cabin should I be at, all these different things. If you are new to the process, that's where you guys come in and can be helpful because you've done them all before mm-hmm. and you can help guide people to what you think is going to be the best option for them. Yeah, absolutely. And consulting through the pros and the cons of of the different destinations, the different ships, the different time periods, we can help you with all that. Uh, But even, I also want to drive home that if you're looking at fall of 2018 that isn't released yet, that doesn't mean you can't put in a quote request now and get that conversation started so that we already know what we're going to grab and book for you by the time that that date releases. So again, we're there to grab that price as early as we can in the process. Marvel in Miami. I'm just saying, all right, let's do one last question. I'm sorry, let's do one last question because we are, shocker, running long. And this comes from my buddy Paul and says, Hey Lou, I have a question about the Star Wars half marathon weekend at Walt Disney World in April 2017. This will be my first half marathon. Congrats, brother. 
and I am planning on doing the Dark Side Challenge with my friend. We're most likely going to fly down on Friday and fly back on Monday, so we are on a tight schedule. We both have annual passes and plan on eating at a restaurant in each park with our ADRs so we can visit them all. This is why we're friends. My question is, (laughs) I'm going to read this with a straight face. (laughs) Do do you recommend staying up for extra magic hours at a park the night before, if possible, the half marathon, and then going (laughs) directly to the race afterwards? I know it sounds crazy, but I don't think anything would beat riding Space Mountain than running a half marathon a couple of hours later. Thanks for the great advice. Best, Paul Aldrich. Paul, I'm going to tell you, in the uh, 10 plus years I've been doing this, this may be the most awesome and crazy question I have ever heard. So he's basically asking. Not this into an event. We are not doing. No, this. there's no live. There's no 24-hour live show the night before the marathon. Although that sounds pretty cool. Um, as somebody who has done one and only half marathon, um, I, I am not sure this is your best, the idea? best idea you've ever had. Um, there, look, the half marathon, which for those of you who are not runners like myself, it's 13.1 miles. That is that is no joke. Um, I think you need your rest because it is a long, exhausting, yet exciting day. I think to stay up the night before, um, close the park out, and I don't know what, and I think the park would probably close relatively early the night before the marathon, too. I don't know that time of year what the, the times are. Um, I think, you know, you can do it. We know, you know, we. my friend James would probably be the person who has done this before because you are going to get up probably at 2, 2.30 in the morning to start making your way out to the corrals. But um, unless you plan on sleeping the entire next day and, and potentially losing a fun day in the parks, um, I, I wouldn't want to minimize your enjoyment the following day um, just hurting, hurting from the exhaustion. Yeah, I'm not the best person to um, to be commenting on this because I'm the person that shows up for a marathon and start taking sleeping pills at six o'clock uh, Eastern time so I can get up at two a.m. for us to be in the corrals and, and go cheer. Um, yeah, I think that's a lot to put your body through, and you're probably better off to rest up, do the race, go for your personal best, get your medal, and then go enjoy the parks. Yeah, I think that's your... Uh, and now, listen, if somebody has done it and they think this is a good idea, by all means, I, I welcome um, a, a different thought and theory. You can even call the voicemail, 407-900-9391, and tell us why you think this might... Look, I'm sure it would be fun. It would be cool to say that you did it, but I'm, ex- I'm exhausted and hungry. Say, just says, just think about it. Says the guy who said, hey, let's do a 40-hour show, so, you know. Never again. <laughs> Although my 10-year anniversary is coming up this year, so you never know what, what I might have planned. We and don't have to talk about that. No, no, we don't. I'm just going to surprise her. All right, you know what? We're going to do one more quick question, but we're going to make this quick. Uh, we have to. Becky's excited. Like, I, well, I'm not, this is out of order. My, my friend, because everybody, you're all my friend, Chris from South Plainfield, New Jersey, my old stomping grounds. I grew up in Plainfield. My office was in South Plainfield. When is the Jersey game? I rode my out? bike to McDonald's in South Plainfield. says, very simply, mm-hmm. what section is your favorite in the Magic Kingdom? Section, I mean, land? Land. So Magic Kingdom is yes, made up of multiple not. lands. They're all themed. Land, right? Chris said section. No. He's a, you go with what Chris said. What is your favorite section? Oh. Yeah, five seconds. Don't. Three. Tomorrowland. Two. Why? Because I like it. 
<laughs> Such a compelling argument. Why would everybody not say Tomorrowland? Well, at night, I, I like the the lighting at night. I I love I love the rides over there. Um, I don't know. It's always been something that I was drawn to as a kid. I've always liked Tomorrowland. Just the thought of new technology and new things, which hopefully with things that are coming forward, it'll be, you know, what, what's old is new again. Um, but I, I'd like that. But, I, you know, it's like picking your favorite child. I love Main Street. I love Tom My answer would be none of them. I so I listen. I think tomorrow, uh-huh. listen, there's no wrong answer because everybody has reasons. Uh, reason. Hey, he's I coming love. to Walt Disney World. So I think um, <laughs> New Orleans Square is in Disneyland, Princess. Yes, I, <laughs> um, I know you're at both parks so often. You just, you just can't come tell the difference. Um, certainly, yeah. look, Tomorrowland is, you've got Carousel, you've yeah. got the People Mover, which is a favorite of mine, I think, and I believe, um, that Tomorrowland is about to go, undergo a massive change. Yes. Um, that being said, I could certainly make an argument for the theming and the views in Frontierland and just how unique the places and the spaces are, the attractions, Tom Sawyer Island, the dining. I do love me some Adventureland, though, too. And I think both of those at night are spectacular. Um, I like the simplicity of the Swiss Family Treehouse. I like the classic attractions like the Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean. But um, I think I might have to say, as a whole, I love the history of Liberty Square. You've got yeah. the mansion there. Um, but, I, you know, I originally thought Adventureland, but I'm going to say Frontierland. Because I think Frontierland... Right, I just decided this as I was talking it out. This is why you talk these... So Frontierland, you've got Splash, uh, attraction-wise. Splash, Big Thunder, the classic Country Bear Jamboree, right? You have the the, the simple joy as a kid. Again, it goes back to my dad. I remember, you know, going with my dad and shooting at the Frontierland Shooting Arcade. I think you have unique shopping experiences there. You've got Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe with the cheese sauce and Fixin's Bar. You've got Tom Sawyer Island over there as well. Um, and I think you also, you know, the views that you have, I think that I love the story of Frontierland, how it tells the story of America and ties directly in to nearby Liberty Square, uh, the, the, the horticulture, the landscape. So there you go. There's no right answer. And, and Main Street USA. See, Main Street, that was the other thing, is that I, I know days that I've gone into the park and never left Main Street because between the shopping and the people watching and the food and uh, the train station and taking the train all the way around and then watching the fireworks and seeing the castle and hanging out in the hub, I mean, it's... I like that too. I like the whole thing. So there you go. All right. So this is so now I want to hear from you, my friend, who is sitting at the table, obviously on the other side of the stanchions, near but not within direct eye contact of Becky Mankin. You who are sitting here with us, tell me simply, what is your favorite land in the Magic Kingdom, and if you like, why? There's lots of different ways you could let us know. You can go to the show notes at www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Leave your answer there. You can go to facebook.com slash Radio. Leave it there. You can share pictures if you want of some of your favorite memories or places. You can call the voicemail, maybe even from Magic Kingdom, at 
900-939-1. Let me hear it, man. Sell it to me passionately at why you love in your Storybook best, Circus. In your best Jersey accent, because someone's got to come up with the Lou voice for me and dig me out of this hole. <laughs> and if you do it in Becky voice, no, um, no, you get bonus points. And then, when you're done with that, you're going to be so excited about coming here to World or Land or Cruise Line or Alaska or anywhere on this beautiful spaceship earth that we are all inhabitants on you can go and visit my friends and Becky at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel over at mousefantravel.com Awesome and you know what? Adventureland and Disneyland has the Indiana Jones ride just saying and they've got Club 33 I'm just saying yeah they they do (laughs) it's it's a nice place for a, a beverage that's where the big bands used to play my sister went there on a Saturday. Come dancing? Nothing? No? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and on that and on the Becky voice. <sighs> they put a parking lot on a piece of land Where the supermarket used to stand Before that they put up a bowling alley On the site that used to be the local pally that's where the big band used to come and play My sister went there on a Saturday Come dancing All our boyfriends used to come and call Why not come dancing It's only natural It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week Where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear, possibly what you taste. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I was talking about how I had recently spent a lot of time in the parks, uh, working on scavenger hunts, taking around some friends, and I had visited a favorite attraction of mine, so I gave you a hint right off the back that it was not an extinct attraction I was looking for, and all I asked you to do was finish this sentence from a Walt Disney World attraction. Don't worry, Dad. Someday everything is going to be so automated you won't ever have to cook another blank. That comes from the retro, super futuristic final scene from Carousel of Progress, where Grandma is continuing to be the resident flying ace. Uh, Cousin Uncle Orville clearly has some issues that have kept him in the bathroom like for decades, and Dad has once again burned yet another Christmas turkey, and that's exactly what we were looking for. We were looking for Christmas turkey from Carousel of Progress. And once again, last week, you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, all of which you can find in the shop at www.radio.com. You're also going to play for a WW Radio Magic Band cover, some WW Radio stickers, and the oh-so-very-popular, yet not sold in stores, insulated hot-and-cold travel mug. And last week's winner, randomly selected from the nearly 1,000 entries we received, is... Harold G. Reed. So, Harold, congratulations. You use the online form. I've got your mailing address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, don't worry about it. Thanks for playing, because here is your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. 
So since this week's contest ends on Super Bowl Sunday, and really many of us are just watching for the commercials, your question this week is to tell me, who was the very first NFL player to say, I'm going to Disney World after winning the Super Bowl? But wait, there's more, because I have a bonus question for you. And if you get the bonus question right, you're playing for what is behind door number two, which is not a 1982 Chrysler Cordoba. Instead, it's even better than that. It is a WW Radio t-shirt. So tell me, for a bonus, you don't need to get this in order to enter the contest, but as a bonus, whose idea was it to use that phrase, the I'm going to Disney World phrase, as an ad campaign for the Disney parks? To get that right, you get a WDW Radio t-shirt, so be sure and put your shirt size in the form If you want to enter the contest, you have until Sunday, February 5th at 11.59 p.m. Visit www.radio.com, click on show number 473, use the form there. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget about our question of the week is to tell me what's your favorite land in the Magic Kingdom and why. Again, you can leave a voicemail at 407-900-9391. You can put a comment over at facebook.com slash radio or in the show notes at www.radio.com slash 473. I also want to thank some of the new members who joined the hundreds of you who are part of the WDW Radio Nation family, including some longtime members like Kareen Terwilliger, David Potts, Father George M. Goulash, Philip Broom, Sean Groundwater, Karen Musgrove, and Sarah DeLeon. I sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. And if you want to not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, personalized Magic Band 2.0 covers, logo gear, backpacks, shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, and our exclusive live video group calls and more, please visit www.radio.com support. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of whatever you do to contribute will go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America through our Dream Team project. All right, a couple of other quick reminders. Don't forget that The Purge 2.0 is still going on. And by purge, I mean the purge of my Disney collectibles and Star Wars collectibles over on eBay. Auctions begin and end every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at www.radio.com slash eBay. I have everything from pre-park opening documents to cast member materials, souvenir books, maps, vinylmations, attraction scripts, books, pins, artwork, one-of-a-kind collectibles, and more. And again, every Sunday, beginning and ending at 9 p.m. Eastern at www.radio.com slash eBay. Please be sure and check out not just the show and the live show every Wednesday, but the amazing people that are part of the WW Radio blog team by visiting www.radio.com. Subscribe to our free email newsletter for exclusive content and contests, offer information and updates, Again, I want to hear from you. If you have a question that you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail, 407-900-9391. I love hearing from you, so you can follow me over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. I am at Lou Mancello, and as much as I love connecting with you online, you know that if we've met in the past, 
Nothing beats a handshake and a hug. Visit the events page over at facebook.com slash Radio. Our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is most likely going to be during or right before the Princess Marathon weekend around February 23rd or so. Stay tuned to the event page for updates probably coming this week. There's also still room to join us on our double dip cruise to Castaway Key June 25th through the 30th. We've got another event coming up this summer, D23 Expo, Shanghai, Alaska and 2018, all the running events and more. Again, you can find everything over at www.radio.com. And as I mentioned briefly earlier, I'm also going to be traveling a lot to speak at conferences and schools throughout the, actually throughout the world this year. Um, and if I could maybe come to speak to your school, your event or at your conference, you can visit lumangelo.com. And while you're there, if there's a way that I could maybe help you turn what you love into what you do and build your brand and business, you can find out about our upcoming mastermind groups or working with you one-on-one. Again, that's over at lumangelo.com. Thank you so much, Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel, not just for joining me again this week, but for the amazing job that you and your team have done for me and my family and friends over the years, helping us plan vacations to world, land, cruise, anywhere on planet earth you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com for a free no obligation quote and little timmy foster still cranking out celebrations magazine over at celebrationspress.com and as always my friend and you you are my friend whether we have met yet or not all i ask is that if you like the show please help spread the word let your friends know about it tweet out that you're listening to this week's episode better yet share it on your profile or in your favorite group or page over on Facebook. And if you can, take 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,200 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall in iTunes last year. I want to thank Taylor Fry, who says, My New Year's resolution is because I love learning everything I can about Walt Disney World. It makes it so much more fun listening between classes and on long flights. Listening to WW Radio every week is a resolution I know that I am able to keep. And Jimmy of Iowa says it's a great podcast. It's fun and entertaining. I just got one of Lou's audio tours. And I'm excited to listen while I am exploring the Magic Kingdom. Thank you, Taylor and Jimmy and all of you who have le- led reviews. To find out how to leave a review or link directly to iTunes, visit www.radio.com slash iTunes. And once again, my sincerest and humblest and greatest appreciation and thanks to you for taking the time to listen, for making me part of your day or your drive or your workout or your walk or whatever it may be. And I hope that you are on the path to doing what you love. And look, if you want something that you don't have, then you need to change what you are doing. And it doesn't have to be a big change. It could be a small step as long as you, as Walt said, always keep moving forward. I hope that you have your best day, your best week ever, and I hope you'll join me again next week and or on the live show. See ya. Lou, how's it going, man? This is Brad Hubbard from Lexington, Kentucky. Just finished listening to your podcast on the Contempo Cafe, and I want to say that I think you hit the nail on the head. Our family went back in October, me and my wife, with our seven-month-old, and it was a perfect uh, break in our day at the Magic Kingdom. We took the monorail over and just had a nice, enjoyable, quiet 
dinner at the Contempo Cafe. It was not crowded at all. The host was very accommodating, very nice. And uh, one thing that I wanted to add is that if you have the refillable mug, you can use that there. So if you're taking that with you, that's another way to to have an affordable, nice meal. And just appreciate all you do. Have a good one. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Anna Collins from Texas. I was just calling, and I was listening to episode 468, um, basically listener question roundtable. And I got to the part where you were asking about ideas for Tomorrowland. Um, I love your Tron idea, but I was I saw the new rock paint job, the kind of any purple thing that they've got going on. And the last time we were down, and it got me thinking that in the Disney Infinity playset, uh, the Toy Story space playset, that's how all of those rocks are colored. It's this iridescent purple, really cool futuristic thing. And I was thinking to include your Tron idea to make Tomorrowland a massive Disney Infinity theme. Um, and I guess go with me here because you could do it where, um, like, here's the merchandise angle. Um, maybe on your magic band, there's certain places, kind of the Sources of the Magic Kingdom idea, where your magic band will connect you as if you are a Disney Infinity character. And so you'll stand on like a pod or a piece of cement. um, And then you are, you can pick your character of what you want to be, whether it be the Tron light cycle or it be um, Mr. Incredible, or it could be, you know, Mike Wazowski, or if they do a, um, you know, Buzz Lightyear, or if they do uh, the Wreck-It Ralph, you could be Wreck-It Ralph. And you could actually play um, maybe there's screens or something, and so you see yourself, and you can actually play maybe like a dance dance revolution type thing within Tomorrowland um, on a projection screen. And so, you know, that would tie in um, better like the new Wreck-It Ralph concept. Um, you could even do classic Disney with bring in Carousel of Progress. Um, you could bring in all these things and it could tie everything together and be sort of futuristic without having to completely abandon the future aspect for the um, the properties that Disney has, such as Wreck-It Ralph, which is not really futuristic, but it's a game base, so that would tie in with Disney Infinity. Anyway, those are my ideas. Um, I hope you have a great day, and maybe I'll see you next time we're down. Hi, Lou. This is Megan Eichner here. Uh, we just enjoyed your podcast about the Contempo Cafe. We love the Contempo Cafe. We're staying at Bay Lake Tower this week, and we've eaten there twice, actually, already. We thought you should have tried the pot roast grilled cheese sandwich on brioche toast. Uh, it is actually wonderful. But uh, the things you talked about were also good. Uh, my husband loved the Caprese um, flatbread. So uh, thanks for the uh, podcast. It was really great to listen to. You were in a place that's one of our favorites to eat in. Thanks a lot. Bye. Good morning, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. And you guys are 152 days away from the double dip in Castaway Key. That is going to be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. 
I can't wait to hear all about it, and I wish you the best cruise out. Um, and good news is we are planning our trip to California to go to Anaheim and San Diego and hopefully maybe Laguna or Huntington Beach, maybe drive up the coast. I don't know. But it's 228 days away for Disneyland. Yay! I'm so excited. Um, it's cold in Buffalo. It's like 34 degrees and wet and snowy today. Have a wonderful, magical day. You've got a